Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. My name is Alex, and I am your host and guide through our Outwatch Rewatch experience. We are in the middle of our Survivor Season 6, the Amazon Rewatch and Recap, where each episode we take an episode of this classic season, recap it, react to it, after our rewatch, I'm joined by three of my friends who are experiencing their first foray into the world of Survivor. Uh, and so this is a spoiler free experience for their benefit and for yours as well, our loyal listeners. Uh, before we delve deeply into today's episode, why don't you get acquainted with our co hosts? First up, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. Uh, it's so good to be here. The Amazon's beautiful this time of year. It is mostly on fire, but. Uh... <laughs> Second time we've made that joke this yep. season. Sure is. <laughs> Probably. Just You're as funny as the first there time. Are there aren't that many jokes to make about the Amazon, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, it's great, except for the piranhas. Fun fact, last uh, episode, we didn't talk about this. They chose their new name. And yeah. uh, Gina was like, whatever, Jacare. And she was like, that's Portuguese for alligator. And I legit for like probably 10 minutes that episode was like, why would you do it in Portuguese? <laughs> and then it hit me that Brazil speaks Portuguese. Yep. yep that's it. That's the answer. <laughs> Glad we got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this episode, one of the biggest things that happens is we see the beginning of Matthew von Ertfeldt's descent into madness. And uh, the culminating act of this is him sawing open his shoes to make them sandals, Um, which is a real galaxy brain sort of move. Galaxy brain. (laughs) Uh, And this display of Survivor Arts and Crafts, right up there on Survivor Arts and Crafts power rankings with Rupert making a skirt, uh, got me thinking, Adam, can you think of the, the most interesting or bizarre arts and crafts project you did as a kid? Um... I remember when I was a kid, we used to uh, we we used to take pine cones and cover them in like peanut butter and then put bird seed on them. Hmm. And, you know, put them out for birds. Yeah. Uh, the only reason that's memorable to me is because we hung them. We hung one of them in this tree, and uh, it was empty. So I decided to climb the tree to uh, retrieve it, so I could put more peanut butter and bird seed on it. Um, and then I fell out of the tree. And got caught on a branch by my underwear. <laughs> wow. And my dad had to come out and like help me off of it. So it was a very memorable craft. I think I've heard the falling out of the tree and being caught by your underwear story before. I think my brother said it at my wedding, or at least I said it at my older brother's wedding. I don't mm. know if I had it off Michael's take on it. <laughs> <laughs> what a good craft. <laughs> this uh, great underwear fruit of the loom used to make great underwear by the that, way that underwear can withstand being strung up <laughs> much a, like a, rogers a, at the beginning a, of this episode a pretty big kindergartner <laughs> <laughs> your bird seed reminded me of a another bird seed related story where at my brother's wedding recently they did the thing where you like throw bird seed and my uncle convinced my cousin who's like a I think he's like a freshman in high school that it, the bird seed was trail mix. <laughs> <laughs> he ate it. <laughs> Tough look for my guy, cousin Ryan. <laughs> uh, cousin Ryan. Oh, hey, Come Emily. Podcast, cousin Ryan. Welcome to Outwatch, Em. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, hit me with um, a memorable art and or craft. Uh, let me tell you that that was the entirety of my childhood. If I wasn't reading a book, I was making a craft. All right. This very moment, I am knitting. <laughs> so I, the first thing that popped in my head, I've done it all. Birdseed pine cones, check. But the thing that sticks out to me is <laughs> I read like American Girl magazine because that was something I did. Sure. And one of the crafts, they always had crafts. And one of them was make mini donuts. This is a waste of time. I will just go ahead and preface. You take Cheerios and you dip them in chocolate. Just the top part. And you put them in a tiny box with a little bit of parchment paper. And they are a little tiny 
box of donuts for no one to eat. They what is this? A donut them. for ants? They are a pain to make. <laughs> but they sure looked cute. That's it's categorically like, not a donut. <laughs> Yeah. Those, those editors went on to work for Tasty or whatever that YouTube oh, yeah. channel is. Oh, yeah. Emily, which American girl would be the best at Survivor? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, like, this is a good this is a good podcast we could start. And it's like em- it? Emily's girl experience is different from my boy experience growing up. Please tell me about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, American yeah. Girl had a magazine. Yeah, what was did. in each episode? Was it monthly? <laughs> Gosh, it was. No, it was bi-monthly. It was bi- So every two months. Yeah. We'll come back to you on your American Girl uh, answer. <laughs> okay. No need to rush. This is an important question. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Isn't it? Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hey, how's it going, guys? So good. Uh, what is the most memorable art or craft that you did Man, as a child? It's tough to follow that. Um, <laughs> so I am, I am not an artistic person. Yeah. Like by any stretch of the imagination, like I am terrible at arts and crafts. So like art class was always a big struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing I can remember right now is one of the things is like sixth grade art. We had to like find a picture online and like make a grid of it and then like using that grid we had to like make it bigger on like a white big white piece of paper and we had to like draw it mm-hmm. are you following me i hear you so like i pick like the most complex picture of like <laughs> edger and james famous colts <laughs> running back ever oh, <laughs> and it was terrible <laughs> <laughs> I think I got like a B plus or a B minus or something. It wasn't a good grade on it. I think that's about as bad as you're allowed to do in art in art class. I agree. Like <laughs> I think you get a B minus just for trying. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did not do well. But that's about that pretty much sums up my artistic abilities. One time in art class, my our art teacher had us do we were doing like watercolor or something. This was in high school. And uh I I worked in for the yearbook, so I like left the classroom that period for something else, and I wound up tracing a picture, and then like watercoloring that picture the exact same way as close as I could replicate it. And my art teacher was like, "This is amazing," and I like fully took credit for it. I plagiarized my art class. <laughs> Peter. You only have to worry about that in English class. It doesn't exactly. count. <laughs> those, those AIs aren't that good. <laughs> I just remembered you're talking about uh, high school art projects reminded me of my crowning artistic achievement, which was similarly in a high school art class. We there was an um, a painting of like a half bird, half rabbit. No, it was half cat, half rabbit. And each like section, we had to make an an art piece based off of one of the pieces in the book. And so I sculpted um, a half blowfish, half scorpion, um, inspired by the half cat, half rabbit. And I called it a, a blorpian. Um <laughs> Oh. It was ter- it was terrible, <laughs> but it was, this is really important, Alex. But which half was which? It was like a blowfish body with like scorpion tail and and claws. Amazing. So it was it was like a scorpion having an allergic reaction. Yeah, it kind of looked like a bad Pokemon. <laughs> May I? Can I revise mine? <laughs> this is all we're talking about this episode. <laughs> So actually high school art, um, one of the projects I had to do was build like this gigantic structure out of like, I had to build it. Well, it was a chair. You had to build a chair out of cardboard boxes and me and a partner made a, a race car bed out of cardboard. <laughs> awesome. Oh and it supported my weight. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that is my crowning achievement. That's impressive. Yeah. So that's Scott, fine. You've solved the housing crisis. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> Cardboard beds. <laughs> it was so comfortable. <laughs> uh, for as impressive as all those are, none of them can beat Matthew's um, sandals that he makes from shoes. <laughs> 
really an impressive move. Oh, Matthew. This episode, we are recapping episode eight of Survive the Amazon, titled Sleeping with the Enemy. And hey, what do you say we start by taking a trip down to Tree Mail and remembering what happened this episode? Um, the first thing that happens is Butch and Deal, Butch and Deal, Butch and Dave deal with their buddy being voted out by building a dock, just like all men do to deal with trauma in their lives. They build a dock, which leads, like uh, a Jamie Buffett song. yeah, it does, <laughs> <laughs> uh, leads shortly into our first Matthew horror sequence of the episode where he is, uh, sharpening his knife incessantly at the reward challenge. We've got a legends of the hidden temple style bungee challenge for dessert awesome. and baths. Dave wins this one and brings Dina along with him. At that reward, Dave tries to sway Dina in their respective baths, and she tells him that she's going to try and get Matthew out instead of Dave, who is scheduled to be the next one back. When they come back to camp, though, they are asking for food after just getting off their reward, and that really doesn't sit well with the rest of the tribe. Later that night, Rob catches a glimpse of Heidi and Dave really snugging it up, which really gets him suspicious and paranoid about Heidi's place in his own alliance um, based on her closeness to Dave. Later in Rob news, he's got Matthew believing that he intends to take him to the final two, but then we hear in confessional that Rob really doesn't have that intention, but he's stringing Matthew along. And after some more mask-based arts and crafts, um, <laughs> we have a trivia-based immunity challenge, which Jenna wins, giving her her first immunity, uh, individual immunity of the season. Um... Then Dave starts talking with Heidi and Dina some more in getting votes against Matthew, but turns out it does not bear any fruit. Dave is voted out unanimously, and the first member and namesake of Tribe Bangarang is eliminated from the game. Scott takes oh, his first oh. hit. This is what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. So let's start like we always do by sharing our favorite moments from today's episode. Um, Emily, would you like to go first and share your favorite or most noteworthy moment? Uh, sure. Um, I think this isn't important, but they, you know, they always have stay, stay tuned for scenes from our next episode. Mm -hmm. And they did it on the last episode and they showed Matthew. That was like the highlight of that little bit. Mm -hmm. And they just showed him like sharpening his machete and they're like, Matthew's losing it out here. And then they showed the actual scenes here in this episode. And it was so anticlimactic, like <laughs> anticlimactic. Anti You're right. Anticlimactic. Anticlimactic. All right. I will not be self-conscious. Climactic. All right. So. Anticlimactic. Yeah, I don't know. Like he. <laughs> it's just so interesting the way that they're portraying him. And I'm really. I just wonder what it's really like because they're showing him in these creepy scenes and he's sharpening this machete. What seems like he's just in a trance, like about to <laughs> flip on someone at any moment. You know, and then they have a couple of confessionals where people say one off things like, yeah, he's he seems to be a little bit creepy. But then he's talking with Rob later and he seems totally fine. And then they're even talking at tribal council. And um, Jeff asks him, like, you felt like you didn't really belong. And how do you feel now? And he's like, oh, well, things are totally fine. Yeah, I don't think Matthew. Like if he is changing, I don't think he notices that. Yeah. And I just wonder if they're just playing it up. It just seemed like this is not as important as you made it out to be. <laughs> I don't know. After I, watching I those also, those scenes, Emily, you're probably like, you've got to be trapping me. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I, I think they reuse the scene of him cutting the back of his shoe off, like like that B-roll footage, like four times in that segment. Hmm. Because it's the same part of the shoe that he's cutting every <laughs> single time. And I'm like, this is no just way a durable shoe. You're struggling with this now. It's a very good shoe. 
you know, hey, Merrill is pretty sharp, though. Those Merrills are pretty good. I will give them that. This is a product placement for Merrill. Yes, it's true. Unintentional. Some free advertising. If this was 2019, they would tweet that clip and be like, look, our shoes are so good that Matt can't even cut through them. <laughs> um, Scott, what was your favorite episode? Favorite moment from this episode? <laughs> My favorite episode is whichever one we're talking about. <laughs> this one right here. Yep. So right now, um, I don't know if I have a straight up just like favorite moment, but I just really like, we kind of talked about it in the last episode, but like Rob's like confessionals. And I just was a big fan of him in this episode. Like the part where he was like, I don't even like basically like the whole, like we're to talk about Matthew, like mm-hmm. how he's just completely using Matthew. Yeah. Like I got a kick out of that just cause like Matt, I felt bad for Matthew cause he's like, yeah, I really trust Rob. I feel like we got a really good friendship. And uh-huh. then Rob's like, I am completely using Matthew. I need to keep him happy. All this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it just shows that Rob is completely like thinking about this game differently than mm-hmm. other people, I guess at this point. And I don't know. I was just a big fan of Rob's confessionals. Yeah. Adam, what about you? Favorite moment? I was a big fan of the uh, reward challenge. Yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. The I, Legends I, I, of the I, Hidden I, Temple was one. Fun. The bungee cords are a fun element. I like that it was three teams of three. And then, you know, if you won that, then those three people competed. I thought that yeah. was a fun element where, I don't know, there was a sort, sort of like running heats where it's like well you got to make it into the final but you don't want to like gas yourself you know yeah so, uh-huh um i thought that was really that was fun and then dave turns around and asks uh dina and alex to pick a number uh when he gets to choose who's going with him which i yeah. thought was cool uh-huh yeah that uh, was the... i mean they were his team members so it was right. kind of like this moment of i i expected him to pick like jenna but <laughs> he surprised me. So yeah, there's some there's some sexual heat there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was surprising. I was going to ask that question if you were if you were surprised to see Dave pick Dina. I think he realizes how fragile his place in the game is. Mm-hmm. It's not all you know fun at this point. Uh, would you even say this isn't fun for me right now? I have to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think that's a really good point. Like that, um, you know, it becomes a common thing as survivor goes along that like, it's a very strategic move who you pick to go on these rewards with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe that's not necessarily super common knowledge at this point, but yeah, whether it was intentional or not, you know, Dave allows himself to have a, um, uninterrupted ear of maybe the most, like powerful person in the opposition, you know, and if there's maybe anyone from that group that he needs to sway in order to, to stay in the game, Dina, maybe that person. Mm-hmm. Can we also talk about how nasty their bathwater was? Oh, it was so gross. <laughs> it was disgusting. I was kind of like, I was thinking about, it was like, they should have taken a shower first <laughs> and yeah. then gotten in the bath because there's no getting clean at that point. You're probably so dirty, though, that, I mean, you probably feel cleaner at the end, even if you're not. Yeah, their bathwater just looked like a swamp. I love that, like, when they came back, uh, they were they were like, ah, it wasn't that good. There wasn't that much ice cream, and it was, like, melted. And the banana split was just, like, <laughs> yeah. a banana, like, cut in half with ice cream. It's like, yeah, it's what a banana split is, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't take that well at all. There was, like, lots of... <laughs> hostility to them talking that way but i just don't think there was a way you could sell them that like you know the reward really wasn't that good yeah you guys you guys missed nothing it was in yeah. fact better that you were here you would have yeah, been disappointed it. it's like that was really fun and cool but like yeah and you just have to accept that like i i got to experience something you guys didn't and now i'm going to like fade into the background for a minute and like for sure yeah yeah, you got to read the room there, too, you know, because, yeah, I think depending on the people that are there, sometimes they want to be like, oh, tell me all about it. And they really want to know. And other times they're like, I don't want to hear about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that happens early on in the episode that um, is just like kind of an offhand comment, but I found to be interesting to talk about was Rob says in a confessional that his core alliance being himself, Alex, Jenna, Heidi and Dina 
are also the people that he just happens to most enjoy being around. Um, and I found that as a very, uh, like, whether he meant it this way or not, like a, an astute um, observation on, like, what alliances really are in Survivor. You know, there's this strategic side to it, but, like, can you really form a strong, strategic, trusting alliance with someone that you hate being around? Like, probably not. And it, it uh, leans into what we've talked about a lot this season, which is the importance of, like, the social game of Survivor. Any of you guys catch that? Um, how much do you think that that element plays into this powerful group being the powerful group? I think the problem with that is always the same thing that's happening with Matthew right now, where the group wants to like being around you too. And there's never a really good way of proving it, whether someone's faking liking being around you. And so you kind of trust them implicitly like i feel like rob is venturing down a path of implicit trust with dina jenna and heidi that really puts him against the wall because if it's those three against him they're going to try to vote him out yeah I, so i i don't know i think that's i it's ve- it's obviously very important to like like who you're in an alliance with and like you know those sorts of things but it's also being aware that everyone is playing a game yeah. And everyone might not be who they seem to be. Did you guys watch uh, Solo, the Star Wars movie Solo? Mm-hmm. There's a, a thing that Beckett says uh, to Han Solo, to the young Alden Ehrenreich version of Han Solo. <laughs> he says um, something along the lines of expect everyone is going to betray you and you'll never be disappointed. Maybe mm. that uh, that may mm. ring true for survivor strategy as well. Yeah. Um, we get the first of two Matthew horror sequences early on in this episode when he is incessantly um, sharpening this knife. I remembered <laughs> this happened and I laughed out loud for a minute because this was um, the scene was so relevant in uh, young Gurchev household meme culture. Um, for a while there's a a confessional where uh, Christy goes he's creepy he's creepy he's creepy (laughs) and we would say this all the time to each other (laughs) after this we would go he's creepy and do the same thing with our hands that she does in the confessional (laughs) it just brought back a memory that I hadn't thought about for a really long time (laughs) Um, didn't pull the clip though. You really don't, you know, it, it loses a lot of luster without seeing it. Uh, yeah, we talked about the reward challenge a little bit. Did you, I, I refer to it as the legends of the hidden temple bungee challenge. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Love legends of the hidden temple bungee challenge. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know I saw the challenge. There's this. I- probably did but i don't remember it there's this this challenge on legends of the hidden temple which is an iconic nickelodeon show that i'm still mad at my mom for not letting me be on (laughs) where they they basically have this challenge except they're like i think there's one person from either like team on either end of the bungee and they have to like pick something up and then bring it back to the middle but they did it and it just instantly made me think of that yeah it was like a popular inflatable thing for a while where Ah. it was like two people would be bungee together and then you had to like dunk a basketball or something like that that's fun um but it it like my earliest knowledge of it stems from legend of the hidden temple um that should be our next pod i loved legends of the hidden temple (laughs) let's get Let's get syndicated on a podcast network and for our bonus content, we'll just do mm. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Good call. <laughs> um, Scott, what'd you think about this challenge? What was that? I'm sorry. What'd you think about this challenge? The reward challenge? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was wondering, like, I would have wanted to go for the farthest flag first. Huh. Okay. Because that way you have more energy going further. Interesting. I don't know if they had that option, though. I I think Jeff said they had to go in order. Okay. Okay. 
Because I would have, that was like my first thought, like, because go for the furthest one first. And then as it gets easier, you're going closer. But obviously that was not allowed. But besides <laughs> that, I really enjoyed it. It was different. We haven't seen that yet. So I always like when we see challenges that I don't think we've seen before. So, yeah. I thought this one looked really fun and like really hard. <laughs> yeah. The like, way that they've got to like trudge through that mud, it looked really difficult. Yeah, plus like the tension in the band gets the further out you go the fur the more tension on the band obviously mm -hmm. that plus the mud is not fun dave kind of got um riptide pulled at one point it was kind of funny he got yoinked backwards i did think it was interesting how like the different strategies that each group used like one tribe would like all three would be like together trying to go forward mm -hmm. and like one group had like two of the guys were like pulling tension on the band so like one person had less i guess their their part of the bungee was less taut i guess they were holding the tension for the person mm -hmm. so then they could go get the flag and i don't know i just thought that was interesting yeah yeah i wonder if that if that strat would have worked with a more capable group of three because that, that was like definitely the weakest <laughs> group. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that was the only really unfortunate part about this challenge yeah. was there was so much you could just see like who was the strongest. Yeah. And who wasn't. That's yeah. the thing about this challenge. I mean, I thought it was interesting, but for example, in the last episode when you had to stand on a platform for as long as you could and he was offering Jeff was offering food rewards for you to leave. A lot of that is mental. Obviously, there's a physical component, but a lot of it is mental. Like, right. you can stand on a platform longer than you think you can. But with these teams, the team that went on to the final round was two of the stronger guys. Like, and by that, I mean, they were probably like heavier. And I think that with this challenge, I mean, of course, there's always a mental component, but I think the physical was just a much larger component of yeah. it. Like if you don't weigh as much as someone else, you're just not going to make it as far on a bungee. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be balanced by that, uh, by the upcoming immunity challenge then, you know, which is almost mm -hmm. exclusively mental. Yeah. Yeah. Survivor nowadays does a good job of kind of incorporating all of these elements into every challenge. It mm -hmm. feels like, but um, yeah. And yeah I mean, I, for a reward challenge, obviously it's not like the biggest Deal yeah. in the world. but it was an interesting thing i thought about when i was watching there's like a nostalgia for me too for with like jeff as the reward host this was like a thing that happened in these like classic seasons of survivor where he would show up at the rewards and be like all right guys here's what's going on you got this this and this and then come do this and then i'll see you later which you know like he he does not fill that role in the show anymore people just like really? show up to places and it's and the reward happens you know, but yeah, there's there's like some of these scenes are pretty goofy with Jeff in them. But, you know, there's like a nostalgia to it for me. Um, at that reward there. Yeah, there's some really <laughs> crucial strategy talk here um, where Dave is trying to convince Dina to let him stick around. Um, and then Dina, yeah, doesn't shut him down, but also doesn't commit. Um, How would you what do you guys think about how Dave and Dina both played their spots um, in the reward here, Adam, what'd you think about how they went about things? Uh, I think Dina, I think Dina did the right thing. You're supposed to say yes, right? Like it's not, even if she wasn't going to do anything, your answer should always be, yeah, I'll see what I can do. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no, there's no point in like, you know, stressing someone out and say, sorry, like there's no way you're going home tonight. We're done. Right. Um, and giving them that extra fire. Uh, so Dina did a really good job in responding. I think whether she was sincere or not, I, I think it'd be dumb to keep Dave around. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I think Dave did everything he could. Like, I think he demonstrated that he was fun to be around. He wasn't, you know, a, a nuisance around camp, which is really the reason why he wasn't voted out last episode is because Roger was around. Um, so I think that he yeah. uh, he, he kind of proved his worth relationally. Um, I don't know if he could have done more when he got back to camp, but I, I don't know. There's not a whole lot you can do when people are so committed to getting you voted off. 
Yeah, I, I thought that Dina did a really good job here, too, where, yeah, you said this pretty well, but she did not commit to what Dave was saying. She didn't say, like, oh, yeah, definitely, we're keeping you around. I want you around. Um, but on the other hand, she, yeah, she entertained what he said. She, like, gave an alternative. She, like, took the blame off of herself by saying, like, yeah, I'd love for you to be around, too, but I can't make that decision. Let me see if I can get people to think that, too. Um, so now in the world now where we're worried about the jury too, she's maybe right. made, um, Dave feel better about her on his way out. <coughs> yeah. This was an, a really interesting scene and some good strategy talk that we haven't gotten a ton of, uh, speaking of strategy talk, when Rob is suspicious of Heidi's closeness with Dave and they're cuddling, is this smart or is this paranoid? Um, is this warranted or, is this jealousy? Scott, what do you think about um, this this worry here from Rob? Uh, can it be like both? No. Um, <laughs> cop out. Cop out. <laughs> no, I think it's, I mean, in this, in Survivor, it's probably nothing is not warranted, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, if this girl is saying like, yeah, I'm in your, I got you. Dave's the bad guy. We're going to get him. And then you're just like, cuddling with him like it does maybe send a mixed signal so i do see where he's coming from there and and survivor like we just talked about like you know if you you got to assume that everybody's playing a game and they're gonna eventually try to like get you out yeah so, i mean it's good to always be like thinking that somebody is not what they think they or what they're saying they are so i get where he's coming from personally mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where this episode gets its name. Uh, Rob will get five points down the road for naming this episode titled Sleeping with the Enemy. There it is. Um, the immunity challenge. This is one of those classic elimination-based challenges um, where, yeah, you answer. In this case, it's a trivia question, and if you get it right... You, each person has like three strikes and you're out and you get to choose who you put a strike on. And then once they're out, they're out of the challenge. They're not competing anymore. Uh, this was really common back in the day. Do you guys remember from your limited survivor viewership, these styles of, of challenges? I don't, I feel like did Pearl islands have something like this. Uh, they had the one where you can like shoot at somebody's target, but I don't think it was this kind of like get it right oh, and just they had like and, a blowgun. Yeah, so they still chose who they shot at, but there's still a level of skill in picking who you're right. shooting at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was a this is one of those challenges that I don't I don't know. I at first I was very annoyed that it was a uh, 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 an immunity challenge because a lot of that knowledge isn't like something you would pick up just living in the Amazon. Uh, yeah. So it, it was kind of strange, I guess, to have it as immunity where it feels like, yeah, for a reward, that's fine for an immunity. It, it, it feels, it, 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 I don't know. It doesn't feel great. Uh, but at the same time in tribal, Jeff was like, the challenge is designed to show people where they stand in the tribe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting thing to put and an interesting element to put into the game as an immunity challenge, because then you have to go vote. Yeah. So I, I, I think that won me over when Jeff justified it in tribal. Yeah, that's the like drama and intrigue that this sort of challenge brings is that it creates some conflict where, you know, yeah, Matthew talks about it. He says like, yeah, I didn't expect to be like one of the first people out that like raises a an alarm for me. You know, that sort of thing can happen that, yeah, creates like some good story where it becomes like problematic and why these challenges stopped being done is that it basically becomes like, um, OK, whatever person the majority wants to not win, there's no chance that that person's going to win. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think there was any way Dave could have won that if he wanted right, to. Right, right. He had no shot if they, mm -hmm. if he was the target. And so that kind of sucks from like a, yeah, from a fairness perspective and also from a viewership perspective. If it's like, well, 
we know that Dave's the target, and you know, they're just going to target him and make sure that he doesn't win, and it's very easy to do. He has very little shot to save himself. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's like problematic because <clears throat> from, from a game development perspective, that's problematic because the, the people who won the reward challenge were the strongest. That's who won that. There was no way around that. You either had to be strong or you couldn't win it. Uh, this one, I mean, it was just the majority won it. Whereas, like, I don't know, there are there are other types of physical challenges you can do where it's like you just have to dig deep and you could overcome this other person who might be more athletic than you. The problem is we don't want a full season of endurance challenges. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't know. I, I simply... I as probably the most critical of the game designers in on the podcast, I I, sim, I, I think I'm beginning to sympathize with them mm-hmm. more. Yeah, I think that um, it takes a while for Survivor to find their footing in creating those non-endurance type individual immunity challenges. You know, like what is compelling, what's good, what's fair, but yeah, still mixes things up a lot. I think where they land on, yeah, in like modern Survivor is you know the like obstacle course type challenge right where it's like do this thing do this thing now do this skill-based thing now solve a puzzle you win you know yeah but it, it takes a while to get there and those are hard to put well, together the production that that takes to put on yeah for I sure mean, it, it has to take so much more money to put on these larger challenges than definitely just, you know uh, we're going to string up some logs and right. some rope stand on these for a long time yeah, and what you said that, you know, the winners of the reward challenge were the strongest. The winners of this type of immunity challenge is like the most agreeable person that can win immunity, you know? Yeah. It's like who who can everybody agree on? It's okay that this person wins. Is- and this is what I was referencing in our last episode when I was talking about Jenna and Heidi's gameplay and how they're like, haha, we yeah. are here, we are fun. And then they get to the end of this challenge because everyone's like, yeah, they're not a threat. Yeah. But they're in the biggest alliance and they are being strategic. Right. And that's that's an interesting argument for this is this is a reflection of the social component of the game where you've managed to convince people that you are friendly enough, that you're not a threat to them or that you're not going to vote for them or you're not going to. So it's okay if you win immunity. Because you're not my target Mm -hmm. because I like you or because you're on my team. So I, I don't know. This is. I, I think if we think about it that way, it's just it's a more agreeable challenge to me than just whatever. In this case, it's just so. So many people are targeting Dave. Right. You know, it's just it's hard to. Yeah, there's no chance he wins this. Yeah. So and, and that's that's the problem is like there's no perfect way that this game plays out. So. Mm-hmm. Did you catch um, when Matthew cut one of Dave's Dave's rope that he mocked him with a bangerang. Yeah. That was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Loved that. Yeah. Jenna winning immunity here gives us uh, perhaps an excuse to talk about her because we haven't much for a while. Where do you guys make of Jenna's game in this moment and maybe her um, chances down the road? Would anybody care to go first? Uh, Emily was just complaining about the way you phrase that no, question. No, I so. wasn't. No, I wasn't. I was just, I was just thinking. Who because... has Jenna? Scott has Jenna. God does. Yeah. Scott, what do you think about Jenna's game at this point and her standing uh, in the game? I, I think that she is a sneakily powerful player in this game. Like we've mentioned, like. I think that she definitely is leaning into like her looks and is using that as like a way to distract from what she is actually doing. Mm -hmm. And like, she's in a very powerful alliance and I think she's more strategic than they're letting on like that they're showing us. And yeah, I think that she's doing a good job of like deflecting. Basically nobody thinks of her as a threat, but then like if she's actually playing as a threat, and she could potentially, I mean, I think she's got a good chance. I think she's got as good a chance as anybody. So I like what she's doing. Yeah, I think that 
we've talked about this before, but like that um, game style is a is a really effective one to a point, right? Where like being the under the radar player um, who's not high on people's priority lists will do a really good job of getting you deep into the game. What it has a hard time doing is winning you the game. Um, yeah, yeah, there reaches a point where you need to put some moves on your resume or to be seen as an influencer or as a game um, mover by your peers, or at least either that or sit next to someone that is worse than you uh, and like maneuver things so that happens. So, yeah, will she be able to put some moves on her resume and make it deep? TBD. Does Jenna ever return? Uh, Jenna does return. Yes. I feel like, I don't know, I could see Jenna being an extremely strategic player in like the second time around. Mm -hmm. Just because like the game is in its its infancy now. We we talked about this on end and and she's 21 right now. Right. That's the thing. Like she's she's young, but I think she understands the game enough to like see what's happening but not like enough to be like this is the strategy that i should be employing Mm -hmm. i i think i think that's kind of like we're we're on like the brink of this like the full fruition of her strategy or her like perfect way to play this game where i could i could just i could see her crushing it in another season like in a do-over she could just be like oh no i got this i I don't want to. Sp- okay, spoilers incoming for Survivor All Stars. I want to share this because this is like an interesting moment in her story, um, and I, I don't think it's it'll be spoilery when we get to this season. But it's not like a huge, huge deal. Uh, yeah, and it's a really compelling story. Jenna comes back in another season, like we said, and she, um, like fairly early on in the game says like yeah she's like not really focused she's not really like eating and it it's revealed that it's because her like mother is like sick and was like sick when she was like leaving to play that she's like has cancer um and she ends up quitting because she like is worried about her mom and feels guilty about leaving to play on the show and then yeah she quits she gets to go home and be with her mom. And then her mom like passes away like a week after that she does that. Oh, it's huh. yeah, it's crazy. It's this really like sad story, but like, I don't know. She, in this moment too, uh, is like robbed of being able to fully like show off what a second time, mm-hmm. you know, right. of Jenna can do, but also like totally makes a, a really correct choice. And like, going home and being with her mom rather than playing this game. So I don't know. It's just an interesting part to her whole survivor story. Yeah. Well, and it'll be like four years before we get to that season. So, right. We'll forget that we've talked about this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. One thing I, I, the one thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is how well did Dave do in talking with Heidi and Dina pre-tribal and did he have a a reasonable chance at swinging this do you guys think that there was a path forward for dave to maybe turn what was in a unanimous vote against him onto matthew or someone else i don't think so i i just don't think that anybody viewed matthew as a threat and if if, if no one is viewing him as a threat, then why would you eliminate him? It's just, it's too hard. Of he's a, creepy. Uh, it's too hard of an argument to make. And I think because he didn't win individual immunity, there's a good chance he would win it the next week if they didn't vote him out now. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I understand that everybody was like freaked out by Matthew and that was kind of the driving force between behind targeting him. But they're holding on to Alex. Yeah. Like, how is that not your target? If they're going after you because you're a threat, you look around and you say, who is the bigger threat? Who is another threat mm-hmm. that we could eliminate right here, right now? 
Yeah, I think that Dave like kind of did all the right things, right? He, you see him talking to Dina and to Heidi, who are probably the two best people to be talking to. Heidi, particularly, who it's known he at least has like a social connection with. Um, and Heidi doesn't shut down the idea of him like wanting to work with him instead. Um, I think that he's it started well, but then he didn't push hard enough or make the right arguments, right? Because he's appealing mm-hmm. on like a social level to these people saying, you know, like, you know that you'd rather spend time with me than Matthew and everybody can agree to that. But would they rather have him in the game of survivor? That's where he falls short. But like, I, I wonder if there's a road where if he starts with Heidi and says like, look, let's like flip this thing up. Um, yeah. And he starts with Heidi. Uh, Dave brings Butch along with him because he and Butch are obviously still close, even though Butch votes against him. Heidi then brings Jenna along. That's four already. And then all you need is one more. Um, I wonder if they're able to even like swing Matthew or like um, Christy. Yeah. Or Christy. Like, I think maybe there's actually a path here if he can just get Heidi to commit. Then I think with Heidi, you get Butch and Jenna, too. And then you just need one more. Well, and I think that's just that's such a. Because the argument he is making is keep me in for three more days. Yeah, he is not playing. He's he's not strategizing this from the long term. Yeah. And I think that's where he's going to be facing the exact same thing. Yep. And and I think you're right. Like he makes the right arguments he says you know quote unquote the right things you know as best he can but like yeah if he i don't know if he had just argued differently and if he had said that like you guys are targeting the wrong guy like you're 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 targeting me when you should be targeting him or going to the people who aren't at the top of that food chain who aren't dina and rob and saying look those who are running the game yeah, you can eliminate me and do what they want, or we can flip this now while you still have options. Yeah, it seems Dina and Rob are pretty unshaking, and it's Matthew would probably be hard to move as well, and maybe Alex. But I think that yeah, Alex wanted him gone for sure. Yeah, but I don't know. I think even Dina. I think if you approach Dina right and be like, "Look, if it's you and Rob sitting in the final two like you you want to get rid of him like he is you are the most strategic person in this game right now other than rob get rid uh-huh. of rob yeah you know, it, I, I just the problem the problem with the problem with all of this is you have to be able to see the big picture of the game mm-hmm. and i'm sure it's so much harder when you're on the island and you're malnourished and you're you know all of those things and you're also you're like living life at the same time i don't know it's right. so easy to Monday morning quarterback this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so nonetheless, Dave is voted out unanimously, whether he had a chance or not. And Scott takes the first hit from tribe bangerang as is tradition. Scott, would you uh, eulogize Dave's game for us? Pretend that we're here, you know, in the finale episode, uh, walking past all of the torches of our fallen <laughs> comrades. What would you say about Dave? Man, Dave played a game. He, he bangeranged his way into the jury. <laughs> he is a rocket scientist and she he can climb a mean tree. It's all gravy, baby. It's all gravy, baby. And now he will get to eat as much gravy as his heart desires. Because we know how much he loves that. Uh, Let's do a quick recap uh, and update on our fantasy situation. Um, Scott, despite getting only five points from a reward win from Dave, uh, you accumulated 20 from Jenna and 10 apiece from Alex and Dina since Jenna won that immunity challenge. Emily on the Poison Dart Frogs tribe got a solid 15 from Rob since he named the episode and 10 from Christy. And then Adam on the Believe in Yourself and Aliens tribe got 10 apiece from Heidi, Matthew, and Butch since everybody other than Dave voted correctly this week. That means our tally at this point after another strong week despite losing a member 
Scott still finds himself in the lead with 330 points. In mm-hmm. second place is the Believe in Yourself and Aliens Tribe at 275. And bringing up the rear at 255 is the Poison Dart Frogs Tribe. Um, Scott, you lost a member, but still outscored everyone else this episode. But now you no longer have the advantage as far as members go. Uh, what do you think about your tribe moving forward? Um, yeah, I, I had a feeling that like Dave was going to be the first person to go this with how we've been going along with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still like where I'm at. I still think like the people I have are like all pretty much in the same alliance. Obviously things can change quickly, but I still kind of like where I'm at. So we'll see. <laughs> Adam, do you see a window of opportunity now that Scott's down a member? Uh, it's so difficult to be confident when <laughs> I, when when Scott has Dina and Emily has Rob and I am sitting with Butch, who is probably going to get voted out next week, and Matthew, who is going to be voted out the week after that. So <laughs> uh, leaves me with Heidi, who I could see Heidi making it to the final. The I, I could see Heidi going all the way. I have one person that I'm like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's, that's not a fun place to be. <laughs> Perhaps the three-peat is in jeopardy. Yeah, I'm not feeling confident about the three-peat. Emily, you're in last place, but there's plenty of game left. What do you think about your tandem of Rob and Christy at this point? Well, uh, Christy needs to make some moves. They haven't shown much from her at all, so that could be a good thing at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, not a bad thing. she's faded into the background in this uh, this segment of the season. Yeah, um, and then Rob is doing okay. So uh, I really need them to pull their weight. (laughs) All two of my team members. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into the MVPs to cap things off, it's uh, it's an even numbered episode. So that means we've got the opportunity for trades. Um, Emily, since you are in last place at this point, you have the opportunity to propose a trade first. Is there any deal that you would like to... um, to propose to one of your combatants here. Not one they'll take. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? Give it a shot. I don't know. Watch me make a trade and it'd be the worst decision of my life. <laughs> I don't know. I would consider maybe trading Christy as much as I love her. She's just not feeling super secure at this point. Christy's but on like the trading block. Who would you want to trade her for? Well, that's the problem. It's like, yeah, who do you I'm got your eye on from that main alliance? But that could change at any point. You want Butch? No, <laughs> I like him. But what no. about Matthew? No, I don't. Want Matthew. We forgot to talk about this last episode when Jenna and Heidi were getting nude, and Butch is just like, "I'm not looking." Oh, I'm yeah. not looking. <laughs> you pure for this world. <laughs> the students, I'm not looking. Yeah. That's why he didn't get fired. That's exactly. right. Because he didn't look. Because <laughs> he didn't look. <laughs> so you got. So yeah, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Standing pat. Nothing. Nothing worth trading for. Uh, Adam, what about you? Any uh, trades you'd like to propose here? The problem is I just don't think Matthew and Butch are worth. I mean, I, I whoever whoever trades me Matthew and Butch, I can see Christy being a decent trade for either of those. Alex would be a tough sell. No way Scott's giving up Dina. He gives her the MVP every week. <laughs> General not to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I'm just going to stick with it. I, I chose my team for a reason. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to win together. We're going to lose together. That's all right with me. All right, Scott, you have the high ground, but you can still make a trade if you like anybody here. You're looking to sell high on perhaps. Um, if I was going to sell high, it would be on probably, I would probably try to sell high on Alex, but I'm going to hang Pat with where I'm at. All right. <laughs> no trades again. 
but that's that's where we're at. I think we're all too stressed out to make trades or <laughs> with people that we think like, okay, well, those people are just like they're gonna lose. But what if they don't? Yeah, exactly. you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to be seen as a survivor fool. Yeah, exactly. It's like getting voted out with an idol in your pocket. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap things up by awarding our MVP points. Um, as is tradition, Scott, why don't you lead the way for us today? Who was our best performer of the episode, raising their stock in the game the most? Well, Adam, I am not going to pick Dina. I was going to pick Rob. <laughs> Rob. Rob. Because I liked the his confessionals, because I get a kick out of them. And also, like... The plan that they hatched like last episode, like before they merged, it like completely is coming to fruition. Yeah. Like, like Roger, Dave, and then we'll see if Butch goes next. But so, well, I just think that plan is coming to fruition. So for that, I'm going to give Rob some points. All right. Point for Rob. Adam, what about you? Who gets your MVP? You know, Butch is going to get my MVP this week. All right. He built a doc and his testimonial, his little little face to face with the camera was, you know, so people's feet don't get wet because if your shoes get wet, cold days ruined. And that's just like, just a good person. I just love Butch. <laughs> Butch is a good, a, he's, so, he's so like, I'm about to get voted out, but you know what? I'm still going to help these people. <laughs> Butch is a very good guy. We do not deserve him. Uh, Emily, who gets your MVP point today? Um, I'll go with Jenna. Jenna. We've talked a lot mm. about her strategy. I've learned that she comes back for all stars and she won individual immunity today. Yeah. Good pick. I'm going to mirror that and give mine to Jenna as well for, um, yeah, she wins immunity. Things happen pretty scratch today. Pretty, um, as you would expect. So it doesn't seem like anybody's really making, a big move. Um, Jenna perhaps is a tertiary um, benefiter of Dave being gone. Um, she said that Heidi is her greatest ally. And so having a potential distraction and Dave out of the game may be helpful for her as far as her relationship with Heidi goes. Um, I was tempted to give it to Dina just because of how well she played her interaction with Dave as he heads off to the jury. Um, but I think that immunity win is more important in the long run. So and give me Dina just plays at such a high level that even like when she plays it so well, we're just kind of like, yeah, she played that perfectly. We move on from it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not surprising anymore. Right. <laughs> All right. Did we miss anything? Well, wait, we didn't. I guess we kind of talked about it. Rob did talk about how if Dave was gone, Heidi might be cuddling with him. And I just think we need to bring that to the forefront. <laughs> so Rob comes on our podcast. <laughs> Rob, explain yourself. Explain yourself. How is how how would how would former Cubs pitcher? What was he? Uh, yeah, he's a pitcher. Pitcher. What was his name? Hamill? Cole Hamels. Mr. Hamill. Mr. Hamill. <laughs> How does he feel about all this? <laughs> <laughs> probably hates this guy. They probably like watch this season at some point, you know, and Cole's like, who the hell is this Rob guy? <laughs> so disrespectful. He's not even funny. <laughs> there are spirits on the island. <laughs> there are spirits in this jungle and through the magic of the magic eight ball i can channel and harness those spirits <laughs> we need more magic eight ball <laughs> we do need more magic eight ball it's been a minute and that jaunty music <laughs> <laughs> i love the jaunty music the clown music <laughs> all right folks well thanks for listening to this episode of outwatch rewatch podcast next time on outwatch we will be recapping episode nine of survivor the amazon titled The Chain. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to our feed, that you leave us that good, good five-star review. Hit us up on our email, outwatchpodcast at gmail.com or our Twitter at outwatchpodcast. And let us know your best arts and crafts story from your childhood. We'll see you next time. 